Thank you for tuning in to the Victory is Greater Than the Struggle, an ex-lesbian podcast with myself, your host, Jessica Newsom. Today, I am super, super excited because I have a special guest, one of my dear friends, Marco. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. I'm good. And I am ready for this conversation. Yeah. So, um... Before we get into it, I just want to let viewers know one of the things that I get a lot of is people struggling with um, the the friendships that fall away uh, when someone pursues Christ. So you're pursuing Christ and God's like, OK, well, I need for you to let go of this person or that person, not because like they're inherently a bad person, not at all, you know, but sometimes um, that environment that you guys have uh, your foundation in, whatever that is, may not be healthy for you to like still be in while you're following God, you know, and and oftentimes God will remove us from a lot of friendships and people are just heartbroken over it. And I know that this has been literally one of my biggest struggles. I always say that like in every podcast, but this definitely is. This is something that if I think about it, I get sad. I really do because I still miss my friends from uh, before I followed God. Like we went to college together. We partied together, had fun, had uh, just deep connections. And I felt as though when I started to really get serious about following God, they were just like, no deuces. Um, this isn't going to work. We're out. And it's hurtful. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about was, let me tell everyone, uh, we met at like a job that we both had in common. Okay. Uh, in downtown Charlotte. Okay. And I remember just thinking to myself, people are nosy, right? Mm -hmm. So don't tell them all your business. And something that I always think about is don't tell them you used to be gay. Cause some people are going to start tripping or just automatically think that, you're mean, you don't like the LGBTQ and all this stuff. And especially at work, you have to be careful what you share with coworkers um, just because of the workplace in general. And so I remember, I remember, oh God, how did that go? I'm forgetting. Okay. So I remember um, I did not have my Facebook private or anything. It was open and something was just kind of telling me like, they're going to check your Facebook and they're going to find out like you used to be LGBTQ and now like you're all about God. And so you walked away from it and someone's going to get offended. And I remember coming into that room uh, uh, where we kind of met in the morning. I remember seeing your locker, <laughs> your locker, your locker. You had like a picture of yeah. you with like. Explain that picture. What was that? Yeah, so there were two uh, coworkers um, at the time that just randomly found a picture of me um, or took a picture of me and then put, like, fake hair. Like, they Photoshopped hair on it, and then they named it, like, something of the of the month. I forgot what it was. Yeah. But, um, and they posted it on my locker, so... When I, I I think it was like it said Diva of the Month or something funny like that. And yeah. I walked in and I was, oh, Asshole of the Month or something like that. Okay, okay. So I come in and that's what that was on the locker. So I, I can imagine you being your first time there like, what is 
this. Right. No, like I came in and I was like just like assessing everything, right? And I was like, okay, okay, this guy's like probably LGBTQ, okay, cool, you know? And what I distinctly remember is I felt as though every time I was around, you would be extra. Straight up extra. Like like you wanted me to know that you were LGBTQ. Like you, like, I was like, okay, this is some high school stuff. Like he's straight up, like, I want everybody to know what's good. Right. And I remember thinking someone told him, someone told him. And, um, so I was like, just remain calm, Jessica, don't act weird because he's like provoking you to give a response or something, or a, he's provoking a reaction out of you. What were you thinking during yeah. that time? So you know me. So you know I don't actually care. But when it came across to me, someone who's who was a higher-up at the time, which is totally unprofessional, but they do it all the time, <laughs> had looked up your Facebook, saw that, saw that you had a book out, and mentioned it to a few people, and so everyone else was more worried about me, was like, oh, I wonder how Roseboro's going to react. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay. <laughs> like, it wasn't a big deal to me. So um, me and my partner at the time um, kind of was like, we should just be extra to see if she reacts. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we didn't know how to gauge the situation. Yeah. We were being childish about it, yeah. <laughs> So every time she came in, like, my partner at the time would, like, nudge me. And then I would just start, like, openly talking about, like, experiences that I used to have, like, very, like, openly. I mean, I've already done things openly anyways, but I just yeah, did yeah. more of it just to yeah. see how she would react. And then I would ask her questions right after, like, so, you know, are you blah, 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 blah? Are you seeing someone? Are you doing whatever? And then she would just give one word of answers and I'm like, okay. And then she'd get up and like walk out somewhere and do something. <laughs> or go to the gym because they would have you would have moments where you can go to the gym doing Yeah, work out a little bit. Yeah. Oh so that's what you would do. So so what were your thoughts of me as you were getting to know me, like before we even became friends? For me, I like didn't, your initial. Yeah. I I try to gauge everyone yeah. with just my own experience. Okay. So when I first heard that, I was like, okay, cool. She used to be whatever. Um, but I didn't know you. So I just, I when I first started to get to know you a little bit, I was like, okay, so she's definitely like an introvert. <laughs> I got that like right off the bat. And I'm like, cool. Um, and then as we started to get to know each other more and started having more open dialogue, I think you were actually surprised with, how I was as a person because of my age. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> and we just had, like, good conversations since then, and then it just it was smooth selling ever since. I absolutely love that. Like, yeah. I have had experiences where, you know, I just felt like someone in the LGBTQ would not want to be friends with an ex-LGBTQ person. You know, it's almost like if we don't agree on this topic, right, uh, then we can't be friends. And you see that a lot um, just in this time and age when it comes to politics or whatever, you know. And so 
what really took me back, like, just took my breath away was your maturity. That was one of the big things. And I didn't think that you were as young as you were because of how you acted, you know? Um, how old were you then? You I were, had to be like 20, was I 27, 28? You were a baby. Yeah, baby. I was around that age. Yeah, and I was just like, it's interesting like how you would just have conversation with me, you know, about different things. Um, and I just thought that it was really awesome to meet someone who was open-minded enough to have conversation uh, about things that may be uncomfortable, you know? Um, I mean, honestly, when I was in the LGBTQ, I would not have conversations like that with other people because it went against the way I live. Do you know what I'm saying? Like every part of like every aspect of my life, like it went against it. So therefore I'm not even having those conversations or friends that don't, uh, that aren't even LGBTQ. Like my world was everything LGBTQ, you know? And so, um, um, when, when that shattered, it was just kind of like, man, okay, I got to create new friendships. And I was so just blessed by, um, I've been so blessed by your friendship. You have no clue. I love you too. I love you. And, um, it's just amazing to have someone in my life who loves me for me. Okay. I'm not going to cry. Who loves me for me and doesn't judge me. Like I can be honest with you about the worries that I have, even from walking away from the LGBTQ, right? Like there's times when I'm like, what have I done? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I miss my ex, you know, or little things like that. I could be honest with you about those things. Um, and you don't judge me and you love me exactly where I am. Um, and that's absolutely amazing, but not everyone can do that. Not all relationships can, uh, stand those types of tests. Why do you think it is that so often when people like me, I don't know if you've like noticed it, but I guess from my experiences and the people that I minister to, it seems as though when we walk away from the LGBTQ because of conviction of our faith, so we submit to God and we walk away, people basically like defriend us, yeah. right? People are just like, Oh, nope. And they're, they ghost us. Right. 15 year friendships, 20 year friendships are just cut like overnight. You know, um, there's not even a big argument about it. They're just gone. Why do you think that is? Because I've tried to rationalize that in my own mind. Um, but it's just assumptions, you know, and I'll share that, but I want to know what, what you may think regarding yeah. that. Of course. And before I get into that, I want to yeah. ask you a question really quick. Let's go. When you talked about or when you had struggles and you talked about, you know, your ex, what would be some of the advice that I tell you? It would be, you know, similar to like stand on your path, right? Yeah. I would never tell you something that I know that you're not trying to do for yourself. Mm. And even though like for me and, you know, my personal belief system, I'm not going to push you or tell you, oh, well, maybe it's because... That was never the way that you intended to be. No, I'm going to continue the, to 
push you to go forward with the way that you see fit with your life. And that's what a true friend should do. Hmm. Um, it's unselfish in a way. And it's not about me. It's about you in that moment. Hmm. And so I think that, and to go to your question that you asked me, I would say it in two analogies. So I do one for like people that are a little bit um, less younger, I guess you can say, mm -hmm. that may relate to this. When you are comfortable in your faith, when you're comfortable and confident in your faith, just like you would be with your body, you're more comfortable with going to the beach or going to the pool and taking off your shirt. Yeah. And you're not worrying about what someone's saying about you or if people are gossiping about you. You're just having a good time with your friends or That's a good, good time with yourself, right? So when you're not comfortable, you shy away from that. You put on a shirt or you start looking around and wondering if someone's going to say something to you. And you're not having a good time and you're so worried yeah. about it that you end up leaving, right? And for the younger crowd, a very similar situation. If you're at a party with some friends... And you don't smoke or you don't drink, but you see people around you, you know, maybe smoking marijuana or maybe having a few drinks and they come up to you and say, hey, do you want to partake? Do you just look at them and say, oh, that's bad for your body. You shouldn't do that. Oops. You shouldn't do that. Sorry, I hit the table. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Um, I'm going to leave now. I'm going to get a lift because I can't believe you're putting that substance in your body. No, mm -hmm. you just say no, thank you. I'm okay. And you continue on with the conversation and have a good time with your friends without having to partake. Mm. And I think that when it comes to people's faith and other people's belief systems, when it comes to Christians um, on the opposite side as well, I feel like people just aren't truly comfortable or confident in the things that they believe in, because if they, if they were, mm -hmm. then they would realize it's, it's for them, not for anybody else. And mm. they can have a general conversation with someone yeah. and then not be about a uh, pissy match. If, yeah, if you, for sure. You know. That's good. I love what you said. Like, those are definitely good analogies. I just want you to, like, keep talking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, like, we've had so many good conversations, and I honestly don't even know where to start. Like, they just are just organic conversations. Um, but... That's definitely true, you know, and um, I think also, to be fair, sometimes we as Christians, when we have this revelation and we're like, okay, let's go, God, you know, let's, let's do it. We want to tell everyone and get everyone else to do what we're doing. Yeah. That's a thing, too you know, and it can't be like that. I think sometimes we get excited and we're just like, I need to tell the world. And we are supposed to share the gospel, right? We are supposed to share the gospel. We aren't supposed to shrink, uh, shrink back from it, but you have to know how to do it, when to do it. Don't be overbearing because, um, even when looking in the Bible, you know, uh, uh, the Bible talks about, you know, um, different types of ground, fertile ground. So some people plant the seed, some people water it, but the only person that makes it grow is God. So are you planting the seed right now or are you watering it? You can't do everything, right? I, I can't be like, oh, Marco, let me tell you what God did for me. So he's going to do it for you and you need to believe it because I believe it. Da, 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 get saved and be sold out for Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like, believe exactly what I believe. That's too much. 
you know, and a lot of us who, um, um, who God is talking to in this manner of just convicting us about the LGBTQ lifestyle, we know what that's like to be pushed away um, by other Christians because they were just way too forceful. They were like way too excited about it and was just trying to like preach for 12 hours. And it's like, no, like chill out, no one to talk, but no one to shut up to. Yeah. You know, and that might be why a lot of people who have LGBTQ friends, mm. when they're coming to Christ or when Christ is calling them, um, they get defensive and they don't want that person around anymore because they're going to assume that that same behavior is now going to be the friend that they've spent mm. X amount of years with. You know, that's really good. That's so it's like, I guess the question is, how do you close that gap to where? you are letting your friend know that that's not the case and you're still you despite how you believe now or how you want to live your life now. Because if you were an alcoholic and you wanted to become sober, your friends just aren't going to leave you just because you have a new change of lifestyle, you know? Yeah. If you want to get healthier because you don't want to eat out all the time, your friends are just not going to leave you. So there's, I think there's a way of, of understanding, putting um, a new perception to... Yeah that specific topic with people that it helped them. It's 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 reframing, it's changing the foundation right. that you guys were on in the first place. So whatever our friendship, uh, whatever that foundation was based on, a lot of it might need to be uprooted. So it's saying, okay, I know that we partied together. I know that we would, you know, get trashed and we would smoke and we would do X, Y, and Z. I love you and I want to still be your friend, but we have to uproot this foundation. This foundation isn't okay with me anymore. Are you willing to create a new foundation? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so sometimes it's, it's growing and learning together. You know, uh, I think a lot of my foundations were built on, um, partying, drinking, um, I don't even know, uh, <laughs> just partying and a lot of drinking. Yeah. And so I, I had to even try to figure out my new foundation. Yeah. Like if I'm not partying and drinking, life is boring. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how can I have fun? It's getting to know yourself. And so, you know, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to do those things, but do you want to chill at the coffee shop? You know, and it's maybe... Let's you do your work. I'll do my work. We'll both do it at the coffee shop and just being in proximity with one another. We don't even, we don't even really have to like talk like that, you know, but trying to develop a new foundation. Um, I think that that's like the key, but it takes both parties to say, OK, we'll uproot this, you know, um, and if they don't want to talk about faith, you don't have to have that conversation. We don't have to talk about religion all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If 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 you don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to force it. And I think another issue is the Christian, when they fall in love with God and they're all just on fire, all they want to talk about is God, right? All they want to talk about is their faith. And I think that that is difficult sometimes for uh, new believers to not do. You know, it's like, can you talk about anything else? Um, because I, I, I realized I found myself talking about God 24 seven. I ain't know what else to talk about, you know? Yeah. I, I have a friend that is just coming into his relationship with God. 
And I personally, and you know how I am now, you know, I had to pull back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm still there for him no matter what. I still check in. Yeah. But I realized I had to pull back just a tad bit just because he's so overwhelmed with it, which is great. And I love that for him. Yeah. But I think he's at that place where he's not completely, like, solidified in his belief system yet. Because if you were, then you wouldn't see every, like, every single thing that comes to you as an attack. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that new believer syndrome. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a... When you are a babe in Christ, when you are a new believer in Christ, it's a mess, honestly. Yeah. It'd be hard to kind of determine what the enemy is and what the enemy isn't. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. New believers, everything is the devil. Yeah. Straight up. Everything is a demonic attack, you know, everything. And so we have to pray in the spirit and cast out demons every five minutes, you know, uh, when the microwave doesn't work. We're, you know, and it's kind of like, yo, chill out. Like, is it plugged in? You know, sometimes it's sometimes it's like, wait a second. Not everything is spiritual, you know. Um, and so it's finding who you are in Christ Jesus and then leveling it out you know um becoming one with it yeah and people have to be patient though like through that process because it can be aggravating and irritating most definitely but it's hard to know that if you don't have the resources to navigate through that yeah like you know when i when i first got baptized years ago um they give you like these new beginner classes and tell you what you know you should and shouldn't do or etc yeah yeah but no one explains to you like how your relationship with other people would would change or not because like you mentioned before when you get this new sense of like self awareness and wellness you want everyone to know about it you know mm-hmm. if i had a new bottle of water I'm like man this this bottle of water is great that documentary is amazing you should listen to it right yeah yeah everyone's like that you know it's not just christians it's just we have to understand that there are levels mm-hmm. to um our presence with people when Mm. it comes to certain things, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what would you say, I jumped into all this, and there are people who are wondering, well, what what is he in regards to his faith? Like, mm-hmm. is he Christian? Is he not Christian? Is he Buddhist? <laughs> um, I think like Buddhism is like a good universal one. Just be good, do good. And I always say, if if I couldn't, the extra churchy people are going to freak out, okay? But I would say, man, if I could, if I wasn't Christian in another world, another lifetime, what religion would I be and why? I always say Buddhist because it's just overall be good, do good, find peace within yourself. And I think um, you'll find a lot of Christian foundations in some of these other religions. You know, it just translates differently. Um, But anyway, anyway, uh, what faith do you belong to, if any? Yeah. What is, yeah. Okay, cool. I've had a cool journey of trying to figure that out. (laughs) Um, For me, I don't see myself as religious, um, more so spiritual, but not in the sense of um, the way that Christians believe in a way. So for me, everything in this room and including you and I, our clothes, this table, this mic, the camera, Wi-Fi, it's always been around. Nothing's changed. 
Mm. Um, the only thing that has changed is our perception of how to materialize atoms. Mm. So whoever created atoms or particles and the thing that creates pretty much everything that we see from water, that is to me the creator, right? Okay. So I just call it, it sounds weird, but I just always talk about the universe just okay. because it's vast. It's still growing. Yeah. Scientifically, it's still it's growing. Wild. Yeah. Um, and it's still expanding. And that to me is the creation of all. So whoever started that process, that's who created everything, in my opinion. Mm. I just choose not to say that it's one thing or another because I just don't, I don't know. I don't want to not be wrong or anything, but it's just that I don't want to be, for me personally, I always say that when I talk to people because I don't want to offend anybody, but for me personally, I don't want to pretend like I know who that is and mm. why. Okay. If that makes sense. No, that makes so perfect sense. I feel like as long as I'm being a good person and I'm there for people when they need it, mm-hmm. um, that's all I need to know. Because yeah. at the end of the day, when we check out, we'll find out. <laughs> You know, you sure right. Sometimes I'm just like, man, I don't. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that though. Like, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, okay, awesome, awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrapped up? Like, I'm trying to think of other questions. Like our organic conversations have been so good. Yeah, but I can't think of anything right now. I will say, so when I first um, came out, like years ago, yeah, it was. It was just, I was just gay. Hmm. And then over time, I found attraction to women, and then I became bi. Mm-hmm. And then over time, I found myself attracted to um, a guy who turned out to be, who was born a woman but transitioned into a guy. Um, and that's when I found out that I was what they call pansexual. Mm-hmm. So I just connect with people based off of their like my emotional intelligence with them, basically, um, my vibe with them. So yeah. for me, it's not really even about like um, a, a sexual thing. It can be, obviously, I have to be attracted to the person, but it's mostly like if we could connect, really. Yeah. And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is just the same way that you are as a person that's going into Christ and, and finding your evolution through that Mm -hmm. a weird way to say it after i just talked about the universe but (laughs) the way the way that your transition is wow another pun Uh, the way that your your movement is within christ there are people in the lgbtq community too who are still learning themselves each and every day Mm. i had to let go of my um initial like oh i'm just this for me Okay. And when I let that go, I grew as a person and mm-hmm. I became more. And so I think on both spectrums, if you have a friend um, that is LGBTQ and is just a little unsure of your relationship as a Christian, yeah, just give it time and space because they're learning their place within themselves. That's good. And they don't see where their place is with you anymore because you are going through a transitional stage as well. That's good. So once you've found that place and you're comfortable, talk with your friend. Find out what boundaries that is okay to cross and what boundaries are are, are not okay to touch or talk yeah. about topics that may, you know, affect them or not. 
provoke arguments or exactly because you do it with your parents you do it with your teachers and your church sometimes in grocery stores there's certain rules that you have to follow yeah so you just do it with your friendships like it nothing has to change yeah unless um you realize that that person doesn't need to be in your life and that's okay too but if you really want them in your life and they want to be in your life um, compromise is a great way to do it because you're going to do it in relationships. Yeah, that's really good. That's definitely good. That's true. Thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, it. No problem. I definitely do. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we're too quick as Christians to let go of friendships. I think we all as people, to be fair, we yeah. come into a society where I want this quick. Let me just go to McDonald's. I want this to be heated now. Let me throw it in the microwave. Or I don't now. want any drama. Goodbye. Yeah. Right. Like. <laughs> yeah. We're so quick to just say goodbye. No, whatever. Yeah. I think that's why divorce rates are super high now. Mm. And why more people are wanting to be single than married. Um, I think it's just because we're in a society now where everything's at the tip of our fingers now with our phones and everything. Yeah, for sure. And so we don't want to put in the quote unquote work to. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but we don't want to put in the work to work on solidify. relationships. Yeah, a relationship. Every exactly. relationship takes work. It's yeah. not just marriages. It's friendships, too. You're going to go through highs and lows, ups and downs, you know? Yeah. That's and it's like that with our passions, too. We want to get it there super quick, super yeah. fast. But we don't think about the practice hours that these athletes took to yeah. get to where they are. Or oh, yeah. the hours of practice actors or singers do. Or the, the functions that they had to cancel on with friends to to put some time in themselves and their practice and their craft. Exactly. And so we had to give ourselves that same grace yeah. and kindness. Yeah. And not be so hard on ourselves to not achieve certain goals or to be at a place where we want to be ready at for that friend, but just aren't there yet. Yeah. Give yourself time. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on this uh, episode. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Um, this has been awesome. Um, so thank you. Oh, I love you. I love you too. Okay. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I hope that this podcast edified you. I hope that it added value to your life. Um, again, as usual, if you want to reach out to me one-on-one, -on -one, have a mentoring session via Zoom, please go to www.loveatthecross.com. You can go to the contact me and send, shoot me an email. I will definitely get back to you within three days because your girl is busy. All right. But also, if you like this podcast or if you're checking us out on YouTube, leave a uh, five star review, rate us, subscribe, share all of that stuff. OK, I love you so much. Thank you again for tuning in to the victory is greater than the struggle and ex-lesbian podcast. See you next time.